This is Inside the Writer's Head with Kurt Dynan, the Library Foundation of Cincinnati and Hamilton County's 2016-2017 Writer-in-Residence. The Library Foundation's Writer-in-Residence program promotes writing, literacy, and creativity in our community, all while furthering the library's mission of connecting people with the world of ideas and information. Our podcast starts now. Hi, this is Kirk Dynan, the Cincinnati Public Library's Writer-in-Residence for another episode of Inside the Writer's Head. Today, I'll be talking with Natalie D. Richards, a good friend of mine and author of five young adult novels. Natalie lives in Columbus and publishes with Sourcebooks, who also published my novel, Don't Get Caught. Natalie's most recent novel, The Excellent and Creepy, We All Fall Down, was published in October of this year. I've had the pleasure of appearing with Natalie at a handful of book festivals, and she has what can only be described as a hyperactive personality. In fact, I really have no idea how she sits still long enough to write. Something we'll definitely be talking about. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I guess I want to... This is kind of a generic question, but I do always like to start at the beginning. Like, what got you interested in writing? So it is, I mean, I know it is a question we all get asked a lot, but I think it's important. So I'm glad you do ask it. You know, some people start writing later in life. Some people start in high school. I actually started in utero, I believe. Um, Apparently, as the stories go, when I was a toddler and I used to sit on people's laps, I used to interrupt story time by telling them to shush shush because I would be telling the story instead. So apparently I was a storyteller very early on, and uh, that continued into elementary school. Now, I wasn't published until I was older than 30. We'll just say that. Yes. Um, But I definitely was interested the entire time. Were you were you writing all of that time and it took you until you were in your 30s to get published? Like, do you have trunk novels or? Oh, gosh, I have some novels that are so unbelievably bad. I really want to give them to people just so that they can see how awful I really was so that they, too, can absolutely get where I am today. Um, I think I probably have four or five, but no, I would I did not write seriously for you know, 30 years or whatnot, I really felt like it was a pipe dream and something that only upper middle class people could do. Folks that went to Ivy League colleges and lived in New England and looked over the sea in a writing room. Like I had this weird vision of what it meant to be a writer. um, And I really pushed it away thinking I'm not good enough for this. And I did it very quietly. I would write things on my own. I wrote fan fiction at one point. I've written really bad poetry, painfully bad poetry, um, and a lot of other stuff. But I do have, uh, this was, my first novel was actually my fifth novel, um, or actually my sixth. I wrote five that were terrible, um, and then one that was good enough to go. Wait a minute, we have to go back. What were, what were you writing fan fiction of? Oh, I wrote, uh, Buffy fan fiction was one that I wrote. That was probably one of my old school ones. I dabbled a little with Harry Potter fan fiction. Um, but I really didn't ever publish much there. It was a very frightening fandom. I think fan fiction is great for young writers because it gives you the opportunity to play with your voice a little bit without really needing to invent an entire world and characters. So I'm a huge supporter of fan fiction. I think the moment I felt the most arrived, if you will, as an author was when I found a fan fiction of one of my books. I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. So it was very cool. (laughs) So... Were you writing young adult 
all along? Like the five terrible novels you have, are those young adults? No, I would say one of them was maybe two. I really didn't know, but I know you're going to love this, Kurt, because you've read my work. I actually started by writing epic fantasy, which seems such an excellent fit for my patients and elaborate world building techniques. Now, I have no business writing fan, or, uh, fantasy and I have no idea what I was doing or why I thought that that was a good, I enjoy it. So maybe I thought, oh, I read this, I like it. So maybe that's what I'll write. But I think part of becoming a professional writer is understanding where your strengths lie as a writer. My strengths do not lie in creating incredibly elaborate family trees and complex, multi-layered worlds. I do best in the here and now. I'm good with atmosphere, emotion, and I'm great with dialogue. So those things really lent into writing YA. So why why YA? Why young adults? Right. So when I used to get this question, I would fire back like immediately. Why would anybody want to write for adults? Which, you know, there's a point there. The point is you shouldn't have to ask why we write for kids, but we do get asked. I'm sure you've been asked as well. The truth is I would love to explore writing for adults. I'd love to explore writing for younger children, for middle school. Uh, but writing for teens was a no-brainer, first based on my strengths, second based on the fact that many of my favorite novelists were writing YA. Uh, the books I loved were, many of them were YA. Also, and maybe more importantly than any of those things, is the fact that I, I can't think of any time in life when you're more you than you are as a teenager. Your parents don't have quite the same amount of control, you know? You start to lose it as a parent right around that age. And you haven't been jaded yet by work and mortgages and parenting yourself. So there's this freshness and this newness. You really know what you want or you're just figuring it out. Like what matters to you? What makes you tick? That's incredible. It's an unbelievable privilege to write for people in this phase. I mean, it sucks. Let's be honest. Being a teenager sucks, but there's incredible beauty to it as well. It's quite a poetic answer. Like if I were to give that answer... I would just say because I because th- I'm basically a teenager true. anyway. Yeah, if you look at me for ten seconds, it's like, oh wow, you just never really grew up, did you? No. It makes it a little bit true. easier. I agree. So your first published novel was um, the thriller Six Months Later, or do we consider it oh, a thriller? God. Is that fair? Oh no, what do we call it? I have found it shelved everywhere: thriller, mystery, suspense, um, romance. Once, which was a little odd because I don't quite fit there. There is kissing in my books, but that's about as far as we'd really go with calling them romantic. Um, But uh, yeah, so I've been everywhere. I find that calling them suspense, mystery, thriller, all of those work. Yeah, it it does for yours. I mean, it was quite a way to break onto the scene with that first novel. I mean, it sells very well today. I have students who show up with it um, still uh, and read it and love it. And I mean, it kind of sets you up as this, you know, thriller, mystery, suspense writer. Is that... Is that what you read? Like, what drew you to writing right. that? So, okay. Like, here's the weird thing. I'm kind of a chicken about horror movies. I love reading scary things, but I actually can't watch them. So it's interesting that I would want to write them because I can't. Now, I loved Stranger Things. I like, like, an edge of really scary, but I can't push over into, like, true horror realm for visuals. But I do love to read it. Like, I will read... King and Kuntz, and uh, my recent favorite is Joe Hill, who is actually Stephen King's son. I read Heart Shaped Box from him probably a year and a half ago, and man, that book is so fantastic and incredibly scary. So yeah, I do love a scary read. However, that said, 
I rarely read it right now because I write so much of it. And it's very difficult to not, it's not that you would ever intentionally take something. You just wouldn't, it, it wouldn't fit your book, but you don't want that influence in your head. You don't want to get confused or maybe you read something that does feel a little like your book and then you panic and think, oh, I got to change my book. It's kind of a bad scene. So I tend to avoid reading too much thriller now um, in horror. So I would say I read more earlier. And now I read, I read a pretty wide variety of things. I work at a library too. So, I mean, I read everything from poetry to essays to literary. I, I, I'm not even a strict fiction reader, let alone suspense only. Do you read much? Less now than I used to. I read an unbelievable amount and I still will read. um, I usually try to read 10 or so, 10 books a year um, of the YA genre, but I do try to kind of stretch a little as well. I think I found that one of the years that I read exclusively YA, it really was muddy in my head. And I started to question my own voice, not that I changed it, but just, oh, is it where they want it to be? And that's not how you should think as a writer. You, you shouldn't think like, what does my genre like? You should be thinking about how do I write the best book I can? What is this story about? What am I trying to say? What voice do I need to capture? I think when you get a little caught up in those trappings, you can kind of lose what you're doing. By my estimation, and, and really it's just from looking online and whatnot, you've been averaging a book a year since like 2013. And you, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago uh, off, off interview that you have another deadline yeah. coming up. How exhausting is it? Is it keeping up with that sort of publishing <laughs> okay. schedule? So um, I want to give you the tough guy answer right now, but the truth is it is really exhausting. You know, I want to be like, oh, yeah, whatever. I just sit down and I write a book and I just poop it out and it's all good. I can't. It, it is really exhausting. I work full time. I have three kids. I'm doing all this writing stuff. Uh, you launch a book. There are interviews. There are book festivals. There are signings to go to. Um, I'm incredibly tired and I am always behind. If I feel like I'm caught up with my writing, I'm utterly absent with my kids or I feel that way. You know, it's it's. Or, you know, I'm, I'm really behind at work, but I'm caught up here because I took a couple days off. So it, it really is hard. But then, you know, as much as I say that, I'm really aware that I'm doing something I've wanted to do since I was a kid. I'm doing something that so many writers dream of doing and, and haven't gotten there yet. So even when I'm tired, I try really hard to rally. Like you can't stay in that place where you're like, oh, it's so hard to be a published author it's really whiny and self-obsessed. So I try to kind of pull up my socks and move on with my life. I try not to go there too much, but yeah, I'm tired. Do you, do you have time to like allow the well to replenish itself? Like, I don't know about you, but when I write, I mean, if I do it too often mm-hmm. for too long, I'm just yeah. out. I mean, it's like, it's like the river is dry and and I'm wondering, I mean, you're, you're putting out a mm-hmm. book a year, you know, do you get any sort of respite or are you just kind of always having to be you know, that, thinking that's about part it? part of the problem. I'm actually a, a fairly fast writer. I'm very blessed that way. I, I naturally do write pretty quickly and I'm, I put most of my drafts together roughly four to six months is what I spend on an average book anymore. But that said, I could spend a little more time on them and maybe not feel quite that pressure with the deadline. But just like you said, I can't do it. I can't finish a book and a a launch process, which for those of you who are listening, who aren't in the author world, and Kurt can tell you, it's just a lot. Every time there are blogs and interviews and 
And it's incredible. It's fun stuff. You want to do it, but it just takes a lot of time and energy. And then you're, you know, for me, every time I'm launching a book, I'm writing another one. So that's really difficult. And when I'm done, and usually I turn in a book, uh, my editor is so amazing. I love her dearly. And she gave me a little extra time with this book because I kind of said, Mia culpa, I can't. And I'm still turning it in in November, early November. So it's due very, very soon. And it, it is hard to like launch immediately into another one. So I usually can't write for that two to three months. I have to just sit there and do nothing. And it is a ridiculous hot mess how badly I function when I, my well is completely dry like that. I can't write anything. I mean, it's hard for me to write an email. So I feel you, Kurt. Oh, Lord, do I feel you. It just, yeah, yeah, I got to replenish the well. And I am a little a little more tapped out than usual right now, but that's that's a lot to do with the fact that I'm right at the tail end of a book and a launch, and that's just tough. So what's, what's your process like then? Like, if you're always on deadline, uh, like... You say you do it in six months, so, so what does that look I, like? Oh gosh, what does my... Uh, it's a whirlwind of word vomit and way too much coffee, and I'm really not exaggerating. And then, so I'm kind of a frenetic mess when I'm when I'm drafting. I'm just like, ah, let's put it all on the page. Whatever works, I don't care. Just get some words down there. It's crazy. Let it go this way. And part of that is letting my creative side loose. I'm unleashing the beast, and I'm like, let's go where it goes. And that's part of where a lot of really good suspense comes from for me is that I don't exactly know what's going to happen. So it can kind of go all over the place and some great things can happen. Now that is followed by incredibly ruthless editing. So if I'm kind of loosey goosey and I let myself fly wild when I'm drafting, I have to dig in immediately afterwards with a surgeon's eyes and I have to be have a very calculating gaze to see all the trouble spots in my manuscript and cut them out. I have to be really merciless in editing and I am. I think the trick is if you let yourself get artsy and I think that's important, go creative, let your writer out, let it go all over the place, be a big fat messy ugly draft and that's okay as long as you have the ability to step back and get very objective. And say, all right, now I've got this draft and I really need to make it right. Now I need to make it into a book. So that's the hard part. So you're not outlining at all? I don't know. Never say never. I don't follow an outline when I write. No. I usually have an ongoing verbal outline, Kurt. That's what I do. I call my um, critique partners. I have a couple of them. Jody Casella, she's an amazing author. And Romilly Bernard, both YA authors. And I talk to them pretty frequently. I'm always hashing through uh, my next scene, maybe two, just because it's right in my head and I'm kind of noodling it out. Like, here we go. Here we go. I'm going in and this is what I think I'm doing today. However, that even that changes day to day. I'm like, all right, well, that didn't happen. It happened more like this. Now I think I'm going to go here. But I don't really outline until I hit that editing phase. But then... I do outline pretty seriously. That's when I'm like, all right, let's see what I've done here. And where did I stray off of what really looks like a story? So I think that most writers outline, whether they're doing it in their head, whether they do it during editing, um, whether they do it through the process of writing. I know some writers do. I think that's rare. Um, Most of us use that at some point to get ourselves lined up with where it really needs to be. This is just such a foreign concept to me. Like, and I'm struggling with it myself as I, I started to write, was which was essentially a mystery, and, and it's become this other thing. I'm trying to figure out, how do you write a book like 
six months gone or one was lost, which are essentially right. mysteries, right? Like what happened or what's going on. You didn't know the ending of those books as you were writing no, them? I, this is absolutely true. I have been surprised by at least some element in the ending of every book I've ever written. Usually I have an idea and always I have something about that idea wrong. I think one of the things that is the most terrifying for me, and I was actually there with the book I'm drafting right now about three weeks ago, um, I get to a place where I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I really have this panicky moment where I have no idea how I'm going to get these characters out of this mess to any degree or how it's going to come together. And that's where the magic comes. Something happens and I kind of have this moment of, oh, that's it. I didn't know. And it's usually a scene I didn't plan for that kind of reveals it to me a little bit where I can kind of see, um, you know, just at that tail and like, okay, this is where we're going. I will tell you, we all fall down in particular. The ending was so evasive to me. I only had one scene in that entire last two chapters had I even seen in my head at all. And I really didn't know. And I had a, a really big struggle with that. Like, I don't have any clue what's happening in this ending. Uh, but it was also the one that wrote itself so easily when it did come. It was it was kind of one of those magical moments of writing. And you know how that is. They do not come often. I, I've, I've, I've said this before to people, but I, I think that that experience in writing is as close to magic as, as I'll ever feel. Like when everything just clears for a second and you realize like you come up with this brilliant idea or you see something so clearly that wasn't there before. And, and it is, yeah. it's, it's, it's magic. That's why we do it's, it, man. That's the, that's the thing. To- that's the magic of it. That it is the closest to magic. That's funny. I said that pretty recently on a panel. So this is a question, I mean, you, and you kind of just talked about struggling a little bit. I love to ask, writers this question because I think readers and other readers need, Mm -hmm. I mean, and other writers uh, need to understand, you know, the struggle that authors go through sometimes. And and the question is this, which of your books was the hardest to write? More importantly, why? Uh, It is a good question. And I I actually kind of resent writers who say, oh, all of my books are easy. I'm like, you know, come on now. We all have one um, or more than one. I have a few that were harder, but by far and away, the hardest book I had to write was My Secret to Tell. It was the third book that I'd written. I'd been on deadline continuously at that point for a couple of years. I wasn't fully adjusted to it. But the big thing was, as I was writing it, my father was diagnosed with cancer. He died right at the bitter end of me writing the book. And then I was coping with his very fresh loss. You know, I was um, during the editing process. I won't lie, it was brutal. He was the person who... I guess he was the first person to tell me that he thought my writing was maybe more than just a little good. It was really hard to lose him. He was my first champion. So I I often say grief is an ocean. There's no fighting something that big or deep. It just takes you. And I had to somehow come up with a book. So in the same breath, I am so proud of that book because it took so much perseverance and so much hard work to not walk away. And I didn't. And I'm really happy that I have a cohesive book at the end of it that I can feel good about. So that was, you know, but yeah, it was hard. Oh, man, was it hard? Yeah, it's those outside factors. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's hard enough to write and to be creative. And then you throw in the outside factors. You can just make it so it much is. more difficult. Life marches on writing a book or not. 
Yeah. Right. Right. Um, you know, and I, and people have heard it here in the in the uh, interview. And I, as I mentioned in your in your introduction, you're quite, uh, shall I say, the energetic person. How I really how do you calm your brain down enough to write? Like, I mean, you're always going whenever I see you, you're 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 almost shaking. And then so you sit down to write and now you have to <laughs> focus your brain onto this one thing how so, do you do actually that? i don't um, and that might be part of the reason i write fast books too um so you're right like even as i'm sitting here talking to you you can't see me i can't see you my hands are flying you know how i am when i talk I, if you tied my hands down to my sides i'd be mute i wouldn't be able to say anything so i am always in motion and that doesn't stop so even if my body is pretty still which is rare i'm usually tapping my feet my hands I'm always moving in some ways. My mind is always running a million miles an hour, even if my body is pretty still. I think that's why I choose suspensible books. I'm always about to burst into action, so my books will be too. A quiet, gentle book just does not make sense coming out of me. So I doubt I would ever write anything that was terribly quiet. You know, one of those books they talk about, a quiet, beautiful read. I'm like, yeah, that's probably not going to be anything I write. Hopefully beautiful, but never quiet. I'm just not that way. But no, I do. And I also, here's an interesting tidbit about me. I don't actually always write sitting down. I sometimes write standing up. I sometimes write laying down. I sometimes, I take a lot of breaks and I move a lot. So I might write one page and then I get up and switch over the laundry while I'm thinking out what's going to be on the next page. And I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I sit back down. I get up and I make a snack and I'll be typing as I'm eating my snack. I'll type next to the stove. I'll type, you know, I once, I'm not even kidding here. I once actually wrote on the side of the road at 5.30 in the morning when my car had a flat tire, I was waiting for somebody to get there to help me. And I was like, well, I'm on deadline. I better be writing. So yeah, I don't stop, Kurt. Natalie D. Richards is easily findable on Twitter and at festivals and bookstores across the state. Her most recent novel, the excellent and creepy We All Fall Down, is now out through Sourcebooks, as are all of her books. Definitely check her novels out. You won't be disappointed. Until next time, this is the Cincinnati Public Library's writer-in-residence, Kurt Dynan, for Inside the Writer's Head. Inside the Writer's Head podcast is produced by the Public Library of Cincinnati and Hamilton County. It was recorded in the library's makerspace. Use the makerspace yourself at the main library or select branch locations. Special thanks to the Library Foundation for funding the writer-in-residence program. Learn more and read the Inside the Writer's Head blog on our website, cincinnatilibrary.org. Subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss future episodes and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.